Yo, Beacon Hill, Cap Hill, First Hill, Chinatown, ID, West Side, CD, Lake City, Greenwood, Green Lake, East Lake, West Lake, Lakeview, mm, maybe even Bellevue, Belltown, Waterfront, Pioneer Square, yes sir, Atlantic, Main, Minor, yes sir, let's ride, let's shy, Broadway, Pike Place, Mount Baker to the Beach, Rainier, Cascade. Wallingford, Fremont, Uptown, Downtown, Delridge, High Point, Highland Park, Georgetown, White Center, Roosevelt, Sandpoint, Finney, Northgate, South Park, Columbia City. So what you saying, man? And what you claim, man? They got some folks leaving, got other folks coming. Somebody had to go and say something because you know I be, I be in the, be in the why hello again welcome back to the find me in seattle podcast i am your host every single week my name is connor Kaysen. i said every single week but it hasn't been every single week for those uh few regular followers i've been super inconsistent i think i i apologized last time for missing the episode i told myself i'm not going to apologize though uh because it was my own choice i just blew off recording the podcast uh for Two weeks in a row, but last week I was not available. So let's talk about that. What did I do last week? Because I was actually offline for about five days, which is the longest social media break that I have taken since I started Find Me in Seattle in 2016. And going five days, I was still on. I still checked it every now and then. but My service wasn't very good, um, and I did not really post any creative. I think I reshared uh, two posts on my Instagram stories uh, because I knew I only had 24 hours and there were things that needed to get out there. But for the most part, I was unaware of what was going on in all of your lives on social media. And it didn't feel as good as I, I thought it, I, th I thought it was. I actually, w when you watch people who are regular yoga practitioners, they, they always have this like inspirational quote. They post on Instagram and they do their workout and they wake up and they take their selfie in the mirror and they just say, I feel like a completely different person than I did 60 minutes ago. And I don't think I've ever done a yoga session and ever felt that way or any workout session and been like, I'm a completely new person now. Um, and I kind of feel the same way after the social media break. I didn't really feel like it. Uh, I came back energized or excited or Oh, you know, reinvigorated to keep posting content. I think for the first time ever in my uh, this part of my career that I'm actually feeling the burnout and it's not so much from posting on social media every day. It's just burned out with the world, right? It's such a crazy time to have your profession be so dug into the internet, which I'm very proud of. It's provided me all the opportunity, but it's hard to separate from the nonsense that happens online. It is absolutely crazy. And so why did you take a break, Connor? It, and maybe this is why I didn't really feel recharged because it wasn't so much an intentional break uh, as much of it was uh, mostly out of fear. So uh, breaking news, I'm only going to put this on the podcast. So you listening here on the podcast or watching here on YouTube are the only ones. I'm not going to post this uh, on all, any of the other pages, but I got on a plane last week and i went to california and it was for a good cause it wasn't for just any normal vacation i was officiating my brother's wedding which was a huge honor and a commitment that i was so excited to have it's kind of like a bucket list item to say that 
I legally married someone I thought was cool and, and so honored that my brother asked me to do it. Originally, it was supposed to be a huge ceremony and obviously COVID-19 that those plans all changed. There's supposed to be like 70 plus people there. I was super nervous about that. Very concerned how that was going to play out. But a couple weeks before that all got canceled. And so it was just down to the immediate family, siblings and parents. And so it was just small. There was like 12 of us there at the wedding. It was outdoors on the beach. Beautiful place. The wedding the day of went very smoothly. But the part that was interesting, I was really concerned about was the flying part. Getting on a plane leading up to Thanksgiving, I'm sure you're all aware of the number of messages, don't fly, don't go out, stay away from your family. And uh, I am pretty much agree with all of those messages, but I wasn't going to back out of marrying my brother as something I was committed to and, and uh, kind of a legal responsibility that I was supposed to fulfill for them to get those papers signed. And so Amanda and I, we got on the plane, we tried to plan it out. We're like, all right, we're going to fly out on a Wednesday. Our flight was at six in the morning. We're like this earliest flight. It'll probably be the least booked one. And then we flew back on Sunday night and I felt relatively okay about going to the airport and being on the plane. It actually, uh, with going to California was probably the least scary part was actually being on the plane. Compliance is pretty normal when you're flying. People are used to taking their shoes off and walking through security and not bringing their water on through security and uh, listening to the instructions. You know, you've all been on plane. You know how it goes. And so when you walk into an airport and they've got extra COVID restrictions, it's not really a huge fight to be like, oh, I'm not going to follow these rules because you're going to follow the rules when you get on a plane. And so I felt felt pretty good about it. Uh, mask wearing was was with everyone there was some people who they're eating or drinking taking their masks off uh they ha still have a drink service on the plane which was interesting so like all at once everyone takes their mask off but otherwise that was not the most dangerous part of the trip i would say uh, i would say just walking around and being out in public in california was more concerning and maybe that's just because you can see everyone not wearing a mask first on the plane you can really see like the eight people around you and that's it and if they're all complying you're kind of like all right everyone's complying and so I yeah, I didn't I, I felt weird with posting on social media about it. It just didn't feel comfortable. It was a little bit of a worried, am I gonna get what they call travel shame, which understandably so. I probably judge a lot of people right now while they're traveling on a plane. And uh it was it was just weird. So I think a little bit was out of fear, a little bit out of shame, concern, knowing that I I wasn't necessarily doing the right thing. I didn't even really agree with myself traveling. And so I was just like, man, if I, I I'm just not going to put it out there. there. There's nothing good for me putting that out there, except maybe the cornerstone kind of, of my show is always like exposing what is actually happening. So I wanted to show that, but it was just like, I'm just going to not talk about it. So you guys here at the podcast are getting the exclusive story about flying on a plane. And so uh, since we got back, we've just been in primarily quarantine, getting food to go or curbside pickup at this point. And uh, we took our COVID test this morning. So we're hoping to get that back here. And then through at least the weekend, we'll be in the same pro same process. And I'll stop, start stepping into restaurants to pick up food here uh, in next week. And I want to talk about the COVID test as well. I think I've brought it up here on the show. The COVID test, once again, I just need to 
say how great it is to be a Washingtonian. That we get these tests for free is unbelievable. And how easy they are to get is just so great. They've definitely changed. It's not as easy to get. You can't like book it weeks ahead of time like we've done before. Uh, I think now you only have like a four or five day window to book your test, which is probably understandable. The amount of tests, they've given over a million tests. I think it's 1.2 million here in the state of Washington. So, or maybe, the, no, that's not the state of Washington. That might just be King County. Um, yeah, all test results from King County Public Health. 1.1 million tests in King County. And so we we'll pulled up. We've gone to the Aurora check station every time. When we went a couple weeks ago, this was right after Thanksgiving in preparation for getting on this plane. And we got a negative test then. The line was huge, but it took us like 30 minutes to get through the line. Today, the line was much shorter, but so fast. And everyone's so friendly. Um, I just feel grateful. I have family in Idaho, and they can't as easily get a test as Amanda and I have been able to here. So I'm super grateful for that because that has just been so nice and relieving to if you are the kind of person that is concerned and anxious about getting one and knowing what the results are. It's very accessible as long as you have a car to get there or some type of transportation to get up to the walk-up line. And yeah, hope for a negative test result. That will be huge relief. And it's it's really what I expect. Uh, COVID just continues to be the number one topic, as I believe it should. Um, Seattle Times released some information that in King County, there are 61,000 tests given between November 7th in the 21st, so in that two weeks, and there was a 14.5% positivity rate in that. That was 8,900 people in that two weeks right there before Thanksgiving. And uh, I think yesterday we had like 800 positives. That was on Thursday, December 10th. So pretty consistent numbers, I would say. Scary hospitalizations, but uh, relative to a lot of the other major cities and a lot of other cities in general, I feel like we're doing relatively okay, honestly, uh, which I hate saying that we're doing okay because 800 people a day when you got 6% of the positives show, are showing up in the hospital is still people being sick. But that's how it goes. We got vaccines coming. That was the big announcement in the news this week. And I usually do a little intro to talk about the news. But here we go. This is what I saw that was interesting for me this week here in Seattle. Uh, the big news, obviously, is vaccines are coming. Uh, I believe these are the Pfizer vaccines. We have 400,000 doses that are expected to arrive next week here in Seattle. That, uh, from what I have read, 400,000 doses means 200,000 people because it's a two-step process to get this vaccine. And uh, it's going to be a little while before I get one of these things. I know I am at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to priority. I have a job that I can work from home. I don't have underlining conditions. I'm not exposing myself. I don't have an essential job. So uh, pretty much it says, Connor, get in the back of the line because you don't need one of these things. You're being okay. And I am totally happy with that. Although uh, eventually I do want to get one, but I know that frontline workers got to get those first. I think teachers need to get those. People who work in the um, hospice or elderly care should be getting it, and they definitely deserve the priority. Um, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I think teachers need to get it too, right? The, it's clear how difficult closing schools is on our society. It creates a ripple effect of problems. 
So I think teachers should be prioritizing that process as well uh, if they're willing to get it so we can get them back in school and start thinking about can we get students back in school as well. I think that would be great and probably very helpful when we start thinking about 2021 and, and how do we start planning to to move past the pandemic. Um, with pandemic, I asked this to Amanda. I, I haven't done the research, but I'm curious what it took. Well, like when I remember I was in Thailand when it got named a pandemic. I don't know what needs to happen for us to say the pandemic is over. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting thing on when we say it's over because uh, over doesn't actually mean it's over. It means everyone's vaccinated, means it's gone, still going to wear masks. It's going to be very interesting to see where 2021 goes and, and really like how long over actually means. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, all right, what else happened here in the news? Something that I thought was really cool was two women – Two of the 18 astronauts that are named to the first Artemis team, they're the candidates for becoming uh, the first people to set foot on the moon. This is a scheduled moon landing for 2023. I'm so stoked to see that because I don't think in my lifetime I've seen anybody on the moon before. And uh, a couple years ago, I was at uh, Kennedy Space Center in Florida and just kind of obsessed with not only the previous landings and all the other space missions that we have, but showing they, they talked a ton about the prep specifically with Artemis, what was going to happen. And I remember leaving that museum and just being like, I can't wait till we see a woman be put on the moon. I just think that'll be an incredible symbol and something uh, really cool. Probably not the most prioritized thing that we should be doing now is talking about the moon. But two of the 18 of these astronauts are from our beautiful state of Washington and McLean. And Kayla Barron are two of the 18 that are uh, the candidates for becoming the first women to set foot on the moon in 2023. I think that'd be super cool if she's from Washington. That's like a, a run for governor after that kind of thing, right? That, that puts you in a big, big position of influence after that. And I think that's just super cool. Well, can't wait for to know in our lifetime, we probably will be seeing that. And that's very exciting. Brianna Stewart all-star of the Seattle Storm, the champion, WNBA champion Seattle Storm. Uh, she was one of a few Sports Illustrated Sports Persons of the Year. That's an exciting title for her. And on the topic of sports, the thing that I am most excited about are my Seattle Sounders playing an MLS Cup. It's the 25th MLS Cup happening on Saturday, December 12th, I think. Coverage is probably like around 5 o'clock. Kickoff will be maybe 5.30. This is our fourth cup appearance in the last five years. We won two of those, including last year at home. It was one of the most incredible sporting events that I've ever attended. It was so amazing to win a championship and see it in person here in Seattle. It was just to think about how crazy it was last november how you know how many hundreds of thousands of people were in downtown seattle there was like this huge parade the march to the match was a march that probably will never be topped as far as how many people were in it It was like you know 10 20 minutes for the whole march to pass by when usually it's like a two minute process and uh, we are playing the columbus crew which is interesting the columbus crew their coach was the old Portland Timbers coach, so uh, we've got that little bit of rivalry. And the former Sounders coach, uh, the late, great Ziggy Schmidt, also coached the Seattle Sounders and also coached the Columbus crew, and he led the Columbus crew to their only 
championship as well. So there's a connection there. I'm wondering if they're going to call it like the Ziggy Schmidt MLS Cup uh, for at least this year. I think that'd be pretty cool to do a note to them, but I'm super excited. It's going to be so much fun to just watch another cup for the Sounders to get there once again. It's absolutely incredible, especially with all the challenges of 2020. Uh, it's unexpected, and we hope that we can win. I will definitely celebrate that on the pod next week if we win, and if we don't win, maybe I won't even talk about it. Maybe you won't even hear from me about it. That will be sad. Uh, for those of you watching, I'm also rocking a sweatshirt that I bought from, I think I Amanda bought it from Costco, maybe a Seattle Kraken sweatshirt. But uh, we got the hockey team coming here in a little over a year, and that is exciting. The Climate Change or Climate Pledge Arena uh, by Amazon got its title up on the roof. I actually walked by or I drove by, I'm sorry, and saw that is uh, the former Key Arena is starting to get its new facelift, and that looks super interesting. All right, that is. That's where I'm going to keep it for news here in Seattle. Thanks for sticking with me on that. If, Like always, if you ever have something interesting in the news and you tweet me about it or send me a message, maybe it'll make the show and I'll talk about um, something that you saw that was interesting. All right, so now let's talk more specifics about what happened here at Find Me in Seattle this week. Uh, I am currently editing a little video about a Christmas tree farm out in the Bell Red Redmond, Bellevue area called Buttonwood Farms. Try to go there last year. It's a cut down your own tree farm. Try to go last year and we walked around the field and there really weren't a lot of trees left. I think this was like maybe a week or two before Christmas last year. So we learned our lesson and was like, all right, we got to go to this farm early. So Amanda was well prepared. I think because of COVID, they changed the rules and Amanda made a reservation. So it was reservation based. And I think she made the reservation like back in October. And so we went at the, uh, this is actually the week after Thanksgiving. And uh, it's great. You pull up, you have your res reserve time. They give you a little sash. You walk around. They have all the different plots of different species of trees. You pick your tree, you mark it, you rip off the tag, you take it, you pay for it. And then they give you a saw, you walk over, you saw down the tree which was a fun experience for both amanda and i because i think the first time we cut down a tree i did all the cutting uh but this time amanda did uh her fair share of cutting too which was fun and then uh you carried over to the i don't know if they're boy scouts or uh high school basketball players but they wrapped the tree up from for you and uh, put it on your car the weird thing with buttonwood that you should know they give you string and twine but you have to tie the tree to your car which is a little concerning you might not know but i'm not the most handy of people and so it's just kind of like try to tie some knots good thing that our subaru has uh, a rack on the top so we can at least tie it to the rack and uh hold on for dear life driving across the freeway just like looking up in the sunroof and be like is the tree moving is the tree moving no it's not moving so we got home and uh <laughs> yes it was a tight fit and it's funny we we get the tree and we bring it inside to our house and we get it on the tree stand. We set it up. And right when we're about to start wrapping it with lights, the power goes out in the entire block, which is I live here in the heart of Queen Anne. And I've never seen it that dark before here in the neighborhood, which was just interesting. It lasts for like 30 minutes, but then we got it up. But uh, Buttonwood Tree Farms, if you guys uh, want to cut down your own tree next year, mark your calendars, maybe for like November, just to give yourself a reminder and uh, check out Buttonwood. They were fun that was great that was a little expensive you're definitely gonna get a much cheaper tree 
if you go to one of the places that are cut down. But Buttonwood is an all organic tree farm owned by a local family. And so if you if it's important for you to support those kind of things, I'd say uh, Buttonwood is a spot for you. Something else that's happened. So I have I'm, I'm planning to do kind of like a 12 days of Christmas giveaways. I don't know if I'm going to really brand it that way, but I have a ton of giveaways and something that I, I got inspired from the last podcast I did at Communities Verb with my friend, Mr. Well Traveled. And we were talking about Giving Tuesday and how do we support our communities, not only through donations, but other supportive means. And I said, I have the means. I shouldn't just be spending money at these restaurants every day. How can I go above and beyond? So I kind of made a challenge to myself that any of these restaurants that I'm going to and I'm picking up food, I'm also going to buy a $25 gift card. And then when I post the photo on my Instagram account, I will do a giveaway for the gift card. And that will not only not only giving money up front to the restaurant, I am promoting the restaurant through social media. The giveaway gives it way more promotion. So many more people see it when you do a giveaway. And then it's an opportunity for uh, a follower also to experience the restaurant kind of on my dime, which is great. And a lot of times you give a $25 gift card. If you're ordering dinner for two, it's going to end up, you know, at somewhere around 40 bucks. So then the business makes a little bit extra money on the transaction as well. I think it's like a win, win, win all around. It's a great way to support businesses. So I've been trying to collect these gift cards since uh, I started right before I left, before I got my first COVID test, before I left on that trip. And then uh, now if we're doing curbside pickup, I've been trying to get them. And I cannot believe how difficult it has been to get gift cards. A lot of businesses don't have gift cards and it's been surprising. So if you are looking for gift cards, intentionalist.com is still the place. I think I'm going to feature them more next week. Uh, But yeah, I think the first week that I did it, I went to four restaurants and three of them did not support gift cards, which was just like, man, like I had this all wrong. I can't believe these places just don't have the support or services. I naively just assumed that with this and the big push for gift cards here with COVID-19 and want to support businesses and, and that message getting out that more businesses would have supported that, especially with all of the digital point of sale systems that we have. I just don't think gift cards are in extremely difficult, but there must be something that I am missing. I know I uh, help a local running and shoe store here set up their gift cards. It's a little bit of a pain in the butt from where the transaction happens to them fulfilling the gift card, but they sell a lot of gift cards. So it's, it's a great gift idea. And maybe just the restaurant's don't really get asked about gift cards all that often, which makes sense unless you're like one of the big Tom Douglas or Ethan Stoll businesses. And so that's actually been a little bit more challenging than I thought, but I'm going to research some of the places maybe I missed and hopefully they are on intentionalist and they have their gift card system. That'd be great. But for those of you who follow me on uh, Instagram specifically, I will have, I think I'm, I've got like almost 10 gift cards now. So I have a lot coming up uh, as long as the pandemic's going and I have the means, I'm going to try to just be doing more to help support businesses and, and support you guys and, and give you a chance to try something new. I think that would be fun. That's all random selected people. All right. The 
back to the regular segments or what some people call flights in the podcasting industry. My next flight is the meal of the week. I am giving a shout out to Belltown's Jerk Shack. I think I've shouted them out before, but uh, I went back and supported their business. One of the places that did not have the gift card, surprisingly. And uh, we ordered the boneless jerk chicken, which uh, comes on a bed of rice and with a few plantains. And we also got the jerk ribs, which also sits on a plate of rice. They've done a good job. Last time I got Jerk Shack, which was uh, must have been maybe back in July or August that I ate there. And they didn't. They were still serving like the old sit down menu, what you would think. And so now I was really happy to see that the boneless chicken and the jerk ribs were kind of more like in a packaged box, right? So if you're going to pay 18 bucks for the jerk chicken, it comes with the rice and the plantains like all in one. And I don't remember it being that way before. So I think they've done a good job kind of evolving that this to go food is is here to stay for at least the next couple months, if not year. And that's how it's going to be. So uh, shout out to you, Jerk Jack. I appreciate your meal. It was absolutely delicious. I've got some great posts coming up for them, and uh, I will be doing those here. In the next coming week, my business of the week I want to shout out is called the 15 Seconds of Stardom. This is part of the Macy's Star that is in downtown Seattle uh, that almost went away last year. And then Amazon and some other fundraisers uh, revived it. They redid it. It's now this big, beautiful star. They had a big lighting ceremony on black friday that saturday timeline and and the 15 seconds of stardom is a fundraiser for mary's place so what you can do is you can go on to 15 seconds of stardom.com and it's 15 dollars. and what they have is like this this program that you can customize the animation of the star so they have all these different colors that you can choose from and patterns and symbols so you can make the star look like what you want it and then you can even schedule your time so if you're brave enough to go downtown and watch it in person you can see the star kind of light up in the way that you created it and i just thought it was a fun creative way to support local businesses or not support support mary's place and get us a little bit more involved what they do is they have a camera that's on the star so when your star pattern runs they film it for you and they kind of like package it up in a nice little graphic and show it to you if you want to see what that looks like uh also check out my instagram story archive or the post that i have coming out it's also on my tiktok and uh, I just thought it was super cool. The 15 seconds of stardom, great fundraiser for Mary's Place. Also kind of gives you something back that you can engage with a, I guess you'd call it a piece of art here in Seattle that is is a legendary holiday icon for us here in the great city of Seattle. All right, we're at 25 minutes. So uh, that concludes it for me here on December 11th. I hope you guys have a safe and enjoyable weekend. Let's go Sounders. Happy Hanukkah to any of you out there who uh, are celebrating that holiday. Happy holidays to the rest of you. Stay, stay safe. Wash your hands. Treat people nicely. Support all those local businesses if you have the means. And uh, good luck. Go Sounders. Let's win another, another title this year. See ya. Ayo, Beacon Hill, Cap Hill, First Hill, Chinatown, ID, West Side, CD, Lake City, Greenwood, Green Lake, East Lake, West Lake, Lakeview, mm, maybe even Bellevue, Belltown, Waterfront, Pioneer Square, yes sir, Atlantic, Maine, Minor, yes sir, let's ride, let's shy, Broadway, Pike Place, Mount Vega to the beach, Rainier, Cascade. 
Oliver, Fremont, Uptown, Downtown, Delridge, High Point, Highland Park, Georgetown, White Center, Roosevelt, Sandpoint, Finney, Northgate, South Park, Columbia City. So what you saying, man? And what you claim, man? I hear me, hear me, hear me.